Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Let's just say that it could cause Molly to start smoking. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. It's Matthew Collar now from the Purple Pod. It's Matthew Collar who's talking football. Mock. Matthew. We're going to do more than mock. Um, well, Matthew apparently answers the phone now with just, I want to mock. Is that true? Yeah. That's, yep. No, that's 100% right. I just screamed at Dave, I want to mock. Because, guys, I just miss mocking. I, I miss I feel like I've been trying to just, like, mock things in the house, like saying to the wife, you know, I think I'm mocking some shelves there right to that wall. What do you think? And then she leaves me. I think, I, I think mocking things, like, you could do, like, mock grocery lists at home with the wife. You know, you could do, like, mock mock weekend idea. schedules. Mm-hmm. Judd, you could do, uh, like, mock chore lists and stuff. I'm already doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm mocking a little love to 9 o'clock. No, 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 that's not going to go there. That's, <laughs> nope, that's not happening. Football. <laughs> well, we know that you like simulations as well, and uh, we've, <laughs> we've found one here on usatoday.com's For the Win blog. Where they went, apparently there's a website called playoffpredictors.com where they just like oh. simulate the NFL season, playoffpredictors.com. And in the simulation that they did for the For the Win blog, they have the Vikings finishing with the second best record in the NFL at 13 and 3 and making it all the way to the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots only to get trounced 30 to 16 <laughs> by Bill Belichick and company. Your thoughts? So if the Vikings made it to the Super Bowl and got beat by Tom Brady, I mean, wouldn't you look at that as being really great, though? I mean, not that you lost to Tom Brady, but just as far as what your expectations are for this season and how fun of a ride that would be. I was just looking this morning at some numbers for our podcast and and how it did throughout the season. And when they were doing really well, when they're on the winning streak, I mean, there were just the, the listens just shot through the roof, and it just seemed like everybody got on board, and there was a lot more conversation about the team. And if they were able to do that, you would still walk away from it like, "Hey, that that was great. That was a great ride. We ended up in the Super Bowl." It was kind of like last year, the way they got their teeth kicked in at the end. It just had a completely different feel. Like this was the year that should have happened and we didn't make it as far as we should have, and it seemed like Vikings fans were uh, distraught over how it ended. But I think if, if that was the case, uh, they'd be pretty pumped. Now, what, what Phil didn't tell you, though, Collar, is that in the uh, assessment of what would transpire in the Super Bowl, it had the Kirk Cousins would throw three picks. And as Phil said, <laughs> this would allow you the day after the game to write the column on 1500ESPN.com that would say, 
collar, colon, I told you cousins would flop when it matters most, and you could do... <laughs> oh, like Case four- Keenum wouldn't, too. And you, and you could do a 40-inch story, then, basically outlining the fact that you told everybody involved that when they signed cousins, this would eventually bite you in the butt. You just didn't know it would be until the Super Bowl. Okay, I think if they make it to the Super Bowl, then I will have to take a step back on the Kirk Cousins take. Although it was never, it was never really about next year. I mean, I, I always have felt that with Kirk Cousins as their quarterback in 2018, that they could be a team that's right there at the end and go 13 and three again. I don't have them projected for that many wins, but it wouldn't on me if they got there it was more about are you going to be able to keep everybody else and this strong roster together that has helped prop up someone like case keenum to a 13 and 3 season and then how much would the difference have really been between bringing back keenum and kirk cousins and when you look closely at their careers and the numbers that keenum put up last year I mean, there's not there's not huge differences between them. Although I think that Cousins is more talented, but is he eighty million dollars more talented? Probably not. So that's kind. Of, it's kind of like this math formula in my head of you know signing for Cousins that much. But as far as this year, though, I mean, I think what that season is that they simulated is exactly what fans' expectation will be. Mine is a little bit lower than that, but. You know, I, I think the fans expect this team to be one of the top ones at, at the end. You know, on your potential I told you so Cousins take, just know that Judd once clung to an anti-old Peyton Manning take all the way through him winning the Super Bowl and led the show the next day with, but he's old, it was sad and it was watch. like still sad to watch, sad even to though watch. he just won the Super Bowl. It was Bowl. sad to watch the ball wobbling through the, the air <laughs> off the arm of this old washed-up quarterback. Clinging to takes. So you guys won't be surprised by this, but I, I was going over that season a little bit not too long ago and looking at how Peyton performed in those playoffs. And it was really interesting to me that in the Super Bowl, he wasn't very good, but you know their defense was just better. But in route to the Super Bowl, not only was he decent in, as far as getting them ahead and then just having them run and play defense, but they had so many things go their way where Antonio Brown got hurt that year and then the, the Patriots kicker misses an extra point when he had never missed one before. And that kind of speaks to like when you make out the expectations for the Vikings, the hardest thing with any football season to figure out that you can't draft simulate a million times is just which, which amount of luck is going to go your way. I mean, last year I thought a lot of things went the Vikings way as far as luck, but you know, does that mean it won't again this year? Maybe. I mean, how can you predict injuries? They didn't really have any last year. The same group that started week one started the championship game yep. on defense. But, but I mean, is that going to happen again? I have no way of predicting that. I would say probably not just based on, you know, how many injuries teams suffer per year, but we really have no idea. And that's the thing that might end up ultimately determining where the Vikings land if they're a team that's in the Super Bowl or if they're a first-round out. What, what does it mean, Collar, that the Vikings uh, reportedly have a, a defensive tackle in town today for a v- visit at the... Hold on a second, I'm going to get this right. TCO Performance Center, is that correct now? Uh, that is correct. Okay, David Perry, three, what does this mean? Three letters and then two words is how you can try it's to too visualize much. that. Winter Park. Yeah. <laughs> Winter Park. Uh, 
Yeah, I think Perry is, is basically, I mean, he was a starter for the Colts uh, two years ago, though, actually 2015 and 2016, but he wasn't a very good starter. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably just a guy you're looking at as potential depth to come in. I mean, they want to move Jalen Holmes, who they drafted in the third round. They want to move him to a backup interior defensive lineman position, but I mean, the guy's never played there before. So I think they're still looking for someone to take the Shamar Stephan role, who comes in for maybe 15 or 20 percent of plays, run situations, uh, and just plays that role because it, you shouldn't be relying on someone that you drafted in the third round. Or even last year with uh, Jaleel Johnson, I don't look at him as being a guy who is a, a pure run stuffer. I don't think he's quite got that size. He might be someone who's disruptive and maybe could even get to the passer, but he's, he's not like a Shamar Steph and just stuff that run. So I think they're still looking for that. It would make sense if they signed Perry. Who you got in Game 7 tonight? Oh, man, that's really hard. These, these two teams, I saw today a statistic that they have the exact same number of shots like for the whole series and basically the same number of scoring chances and all that stuff. It's just been incredibly close and beautiful hockey between those two teams. And whichever team wins, I think, is your Stanley Cup champion eventually. I will take Nashville, but... I really have no idea. And that's what makes this Game 7 so great is it, there isn't an underdog here. These are the two powerhouses of the Western Conference. And uh, I kind of wish that this was really the Western Conference final because both of these teams deserve a chance to get into the Stanley Cup final. And, and it's kind of, you know, I, I'm annoyed with the system of the playoffs that these two teams are playing right now. Yeah. Hey, good news for you. we got good news for you. I want to mock! Mock! We have a 2020 NFL mock draft from DraftBlaster.com. The Thinking Man's Guide to the Draft. Did you say Draft Blaster? I love how that is their actual tagline: The Thinking Man's Guide to the Draft. If you're gonna name your, if you're gonna name your website Draft Blaster, blast, blast, blast. That would be like the guy who doesn't think at all guy to the draft. Blasting off drafts two years into the future. All right, well, here's what they've got. And, and it looks like they're trying to project the actual draft order here, too, because they had the Cleveland Browns number one overall, taking another quarterback from Alabama to uh, anymore. They got the Bears taking Jake from State Farm, quarterback from Georgia. Uh, so there, so we got the Bears done with Trubisky by 2020, and the Browns done with like all their young quarterbacks, um, including Baker Mayfield. Uh, Giants taking uh, Jerry is a Judy wide receiver from Alabama. Uh, Walker Little offensive tackle Stanford to the Jets. Let's find the Vikings here. Let's see here. So good news, they're not one of the bottom ten teams according to DraftBlaster.com. Uh, I, I you read every pick. I prefer you read everything. Uh, and the breakdowns, too, right? There are no breakdowns yes, on DraftBlaster.com. The Thinking Man. How can you guide be the Thinking the Man's Guide to the Draft they if you get, don't break it down? They just get right to the point. All right. The uh, photo is good enough. <laughs> uh, all right. According to DraftBlaster.com's 2020 mock draft, the Minnesota Vikings selecting 29th, 29th, and taking linebacker from Alabama, Anferny Jennings. I want to mock. Mock. Wow. I want to mock. Mock. 
Your so thoughts? No, this brings up a this brings up an interesting topic, though, because uh, I guess the draft blaster doesn't think that they're going to re-sign Anthony Barr long term. Then you can read a lot between the lines on draftblaster.com. So, the blaster doesn't think Trubisky's going to work out either. I mean, that's a that's uh, a big swing and a miss right there. Actually, I just read a, a really interesting piece from uh, Bleacher Report about how if you're going to project one team to be a lot better than they were last year, it's the Chicago Bears. Because of some of the potential Trubisky showed last year, and I how agree. he could kind of be this year's uh, this year's Jared Goff. So uh-huh. I think even though it's a really tough division, that might make it actually tougher for the Vikings if that happens. And I wouldn't be surprised at all, <laughs> considering they loaded up with Allen Robinson and some other and a really good draft too. I I, I do think that they have a, a good chance to be there, and I just disagree with the draft blaster here. I'm sorry, <laughs> draft blaster. The thinking man's guide to the draft. Uh, don't you think that the Bears and the Niners are going to be the two trendiest upward uh, trajecting teams in the NFC? Like when we, I don't know if anyone's going to have the cojones among the uh, the prognosticators that go on the record to pick Bears playoffs, but Ooh, those seem to be. You think so? I like the, I mean, the NFC is so loaded, though. I like Chicago. I think they're going to be a. And the Giants are in win now mode if they're keeping Eli and they're mm-hmm. drafting Saquon Barkley, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the only team in the NFC that I would say, yeah, that's almost certainly a bottom feeder. Um, maybe Buccaneers, like that's a tough yeah, division. Even, and yeah, even they, even they got better though I, over this off season. They loaded up with a, a bunch of defensive players. That was their issue. They drafted the top uh, defensive tackle in the draft, and, and that's a position I think guys can step right in. I, I don't trust Jameis Winston though. I think that last year a lot of his numbers were garbage time. When I, when I looked at it, I think it was like 95% of his passes were thrown when they were losing, which is always one of those things that you're like, okay, fantasy stat-wise, that's good, but um, probably not a, an accurate depiction of what he'll do. And that division is really tough, too. It, it's very hard to predict. I think if you're a Vikings fan, you probably look at Carolina as the team that falls off from last year because of North Turner, but... Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, the NFC is just so much stronger than the AFC. It's like, should we just kind of like break up the NFC and rework the divisions here based on how ridiculous this is that there are, what, 13 really decent or good franchise quarterbacks in the NFC? No yeah, conferences, Collar. That's the key thing. No conferences. Just seed teams. League-wide. planes now. We could take people wherever. I know. We're going to By London. Way, uh, in case you're wondering, Draft Blaster is on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Draft Blaster if you guys... Thank you. Thanks. I'll go right home and get that set up. This is what's going to get Judd onto Instagram. Yeah, this the is going to get me. Thinking Man's Guide to the Draft on social media. This is going to get me to Instagram finally. Draft Blaster. Uh, I will legitimately buy a shirt. If they have shirts, I'm in. Of course I'll check you their website. You'll show up at the TCO <laughs> Performance Center wearing the damn shirt collar. I know you. <laughs> All right. Bye, Matthew. See ya. See you guys. Collar. You right. can find him on 1500ESPN.com, Purple Podcast, and Saturday's Tended News. It just hit me. Endorsement idea for the, this show. Let's take all of these sort of subpar secondary mock draft sites and bid them out and make one the official site of this show. You called them subpar secondary, okay? Oh, they're that's, secondary. That's not mine. We, we ain't going to get Kuiper and McShay, but, you know, Draft Blaster. Is there a draftwaboom.com? <laughs> there could be by 3 o'clock today if you get creative after work. <laughs> draft Blaster. <laughs> Look about it. <laughs>
thinking man's guide to the draft. How can you be the thinking man's guide to the draft if you don't give me a rundown of each pick? They gave you a photo. They gave you the school and the position. What else do you need, Judd? I need you to rename your... or Actually, leave the name, but the tagline's all wrong. Draft blaster. In your face. Draft knowledge. I agree. The tagline doesn't make sense. Like, you're not a thinking man's guy if you're draft blaster. No, I agree. I'm with Judd. Like, it should be like... a The, the picture should just be like a flamethrower of footballs. We did this fire. whole mock draft drunk as could be. <laughs> big boards flying out of a gun. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Big board, big board. Actually, Thank you. draft blasted could be yeah. just getting bombed and doing mock drafts. Yeah, just bid that out to bars. <laughs> That's more I'll like show Judd. Up at, I'll show up at your bar and do a mock draft as long as you Feed me Coronas or something. <laughs> Zogad Cola, you've been blasted. <laughs> Just go up. Yeah. Take that. Let's do questions next. What's coming up in questions? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Something. Does it matter? Yeah. Mackie and Judd now continue. I thought I'd be more excited than this. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and Judd. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan is here with some questions. Three of them, to be precise. Yeah, let's do this thing. Twins, Angels kick off a four-game series tonight. Jose Barrios gets the mound this evening. Let's fast forward to the end of the series. After we get through all four and we see what the Twins look like on the other side of it, come Monday morning, boys, what is the Minnesota Twins headline that we will be discussing Monday morning after four games with a quality baseball team in Los Angeles? It's going to be pretty cliché. And it's going to involve a man who's returning from the disabled list after almost a month off. And it's just going to be very simple. An angel in the outfield. And it's going to be Byron Buxton, probably, you know, because it's a Monday deadline, robbing a home run to save a game for the Twins or making an incredible diving catch to preserve a win on Sunday and at least a split. Maybe even three out of four, though. But it'll be an angel or Twins have their own angel in the outfield. Maybe that's the subhead. That's what I see, though. (laughs) Danny Glover's going to be over there. Yeah. The young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Christopher Lloyd. Danny Christopher Gl- Lloyd. Danny, I love Danny Glover. Christopher Lloyd just bending the foul pole. Mm-hmm. Of course, not from that. That's a good pull on the uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Yeah, he's had quite the storied uh, I, I career. Know, I know my angels in the outfield. He was in what TV show? Uh, Third Rock Third Rock, Sun. Third Rock, that's right. He's done a lot of stuff. Uh, I know way more about Joseph Gordon-Levitt than I probably should. I saw him in. Hit me. I saw him in a movie there where he was. Ten uh, things I hate about you, right? Wasn't he in Ten Things I Hate About You? I saw him with in Heath Ledger in one where he that was right. diagnosed with cancer. His character was diagnosed with cancer. Oh yeah, yeah. Seth Rogen was in that one too, yeah. right? Hmm. He was good in that. Let's just do this for the next forty minutes. Yeah. I'll pull up the wore, IMDb. No, no, okay. no, no. Wait. I think if I'm not mistaken, his character wore an old school expansion Seattle Mariners cap. It was set in Seattle, and he had an expansion cap from the old M's. It was pretty good. Anyway, uh, the Twins are going to split the series, and the headline on Monday is going to be a direct reflection of Game 4 of this of the series, which, by the way, it's supposed to be nice on Sunday, and I ain't going outside. Otani v. Fernando. And that is going to be a lot of fun. I think the Twins, I think Phil's right, I think the Twins get a split, and I think they beat Otani. 
I think the split comes on Sunday. Romero pitches five or six. Once again, very good. Probably gives up a, a run or two this time, but not a lot. And I think they beat Shohei. And that is the headline. And it would be 17 and 19 at that point. Finals are all set in each conference for the NBA. Let's talk about the West and let's talk about the Golden State Warriors, who in their last six playoff series, ever since losing to LeBron and the Cavs a couple of years ago in the finals, they have not lost more than one game in any of those series. They've got to get best of seven with the Rockets. If they win that, they go to the finals. Let's just assume they're going to win that because, come on, let's not take the Rockets seriously yet. How many games wow. are the Houston or the uh, Golden State Warriors going to lose the rest of these playoffs? Well, I actually think, as great as LeBron is, I think that there's a better chance they lose more games in the Western Conference Finals than the Finals. Um, I I'll put the number at so in the last two series you're saying correct. The rest of their playoff. Okay. Run, I mean, you could say they lose four and they all lose them all to the Rockets if you want. I'm going to put it at four. I'm going to say they beat the Rockets. I think this is going to be a great series, though. So I think they'll lose four the rest of the playoffs, including the finals. Um, but I think this is going to be a tough. I, I think the Rockets are going to be really tough for them. Boy, I I think uh, there's yeah. This is a good question because it could of like it is. yeah clearly yeah, every like, time you, you say that he says you don't, that. Need, don't need to tell me why it's yeah. a good question. It's, it's I an know. okay. It's an okay question. <laughs> it's it's fine for it's, someone it's, who had no questions when the segment started. <laughs> it's pretty good. Not true. I had one. It's fine. Yeah, but it wasn't this one. Like like they could. They could pretty easily sweep the next two series, and it wouldn't surprise me. But I could also see them going like seven and six games in both. I think they're going to lose more games than 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 Judd thinks. I think I think the series against the Rockets goes six, maybe seven, and I think the series against the Cavs goes six, maybe seven. Because remember, well, two things: Rockets and Warriors. What I would worry about if on the Rockets is the Warriors also shoot threes, have more star players, play better defense more regularly, and have this sort of mid-range quality to their game if they need it. If you're pushing them off the three-point line, you know they're willing to go in and pull up from a, from 15 feet, and Kevin Durant can cast those shots, and Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. They've, got, they've just have more layers to their game, but if the Rockets are hitting threes, that could go six or seven games. Here's the, the interesting series, though. If Warriors play Cavs again, and your first thought is, oh, like, zero chance the Cavs can make that a series. Remember in the playoffs three years ago, the Warriors did eventually come back to win their first championship uh, with, with this collection. But the Cavs were up two games to one, and Matthew Della Vadova was starting. You had Kyrie out. You had Kevin Love out. I want to say Richard Jefferson was playing like 30, 35 minutes a night in the playoffs on that team. Iman Shumpert was one of their main oh, players. Iman Shumpert, yeah. I mean, LeBron dragged Iman Shumpert, Matthew Della Vadova, and fossil Richard Jefferson and like James Jones to a 2-1 series lead. Now that was pre-Kevin Durant Warriors, so you know they get a boost. But this is a even though it's LeBron and a bunch of dudes, this is a better version of LeBron and a bunch of dudes than 3 years ago when they took a 2-1 series lead and 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 that thing was like for a while you so thought holy crap easy, yeah. like LeBron. I still think the Warriors win the championship, but um but they're gonna. It's gonna be a fight. They're gonna go at least six games in both those series. I think. Mm. And plus, Steph Curry just came back. Like they can't fully be gelled against some of the best teams in the world. Let's do. A, let's do 
Third question when we come back. <sighs> yep. We're going to go multi-innings for questions. A lot questions. of extra space. Mackey You're going to be really disappointed. <laughs> TCL Broadcast Studio. Bill Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I, I'm not judging these guys on size or color. I, I just think they were boring and dumb. Well, <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Come on! Uh, before question three here, people are tweeting the show about our new favorite mock draft website, uh, draftblaster.com. The Thinking Man's Guide to the Draft. So Colin says, apparently there's a writer on Draft Blaster named Dr. Dave. Dave, are you moonlighting on Draft Blaster and holding out on us? Believe me, if I was, I would have picked a much more interesting name for the Vikings to select at number 29 than Anthony Jennings. <laughs> Out of mock. Mock. Uh, Vince says draft blasted. Our idea is draft blasted, where you just get drunk and, and make your picks. Uh, the mock draft that sh- that shotguns a beer before each pick. See if we make it to round seven. Now that's a good idea. That's a or great idea. Like, you could do Toss. shots of beer too, and if you want to pace it more into those middle rounds, yeah, that works. It could be like a power hour. By the seventh round, just start trading if, all, all the picks. I I don't have this pick anymore. <laughs> you take it. That's. Pretty much what the Brown strategy has been this for about 15 years. Perhaps yep. that was their problem. All right, Dave's got a third question for us. I do. It's very intense. Pay attention. Boston University student Zach Prescott has made the record books, boys. And if I've learned anything in the last few years in this job, scouring the internet and blogs, websites, all related to sports, there's a sports record for everything. <clears throat> he has broken the record for the fastest to run a mile while juggling three balls at the same time. What kind? Of, we need more specifics here. Uh, you simply have to run a mile, four loops around a track, and you have to keep all balls in the air juggling them. And what kind of balls? Uh, just anything, tennis balls, whatever you got. Apples, I don't care, whatever you use. Okay. Uh, the previous record was, oh boy, where is that? 443.80. That was uh, run by American Kirk Swenson back in 1986. And if one of them falls to the ground, it's over, You're done. You're done. You have to start over. Prescott just beat it 443.2, so 0.6 seconds. That's that's almost like a a sprint, right? It's very fast. Okay, just real quick. I, I attempted, not for a full mile, but I was doing like... Uh, like power walk on a treadmill and then do something close to a sprint for a minute and then like interval stuff about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And I pushed the thing up to a nine and a half and did like a minute, minute and a half at nine and a half speed, which according to the treadmill is a six minute mile pace. Did you just fly off the back? Oh, after a minute and a half, <laughs> I was like heart pounding out of chest, ready to die. Yeah, that's a mistake. So imagine like going even faster and juggling. That's insane. Yes, okay. that is absolutely insane. Anyway, yeah, you're right, though. He did drop a ball. The first time he tried oh. to do it, he got a little past the halfway point, dropped one, had to start over, took a little break, started <laughs> over, and did it. Well, we just like, we're yes. going to take a break, get back to Once our you drop it, you should be pace. done, though. You shouldn't get another chance that day. You should be done. Uh, and just so you know, the world record for the fastest joggling, we call it joggling <laughs> marathon, <laughs> joggling. that's two hours, 50 minutes, and 12 seconds. Also ridiculously fast, considering you're juggling yes. while jogging. Juggling. <laughs> anyway. I would think that you'd have to like juggle out in front of your body, right? Because you would be... You're moving. But, but are they, how does that work from a scientific standpoint? If you throw something in the air while you're moving, does it also go forward with you? Or does it stay? Well, I would think it would have your momentum 
as you're you know throwing it up, you're still moving forward. I, so, okay, it would, so it would, I yeah. am dying to find out where this question is going. The question is going here, <laughs> Judley. Yes. I give you one year, one year to focus on nothing but running and juggling. What would be the most difficult part for you guys? Running, let's say, a sub-five-minute mile. Oh, my God. Or juggling the balls for that sub-five-minute mile. When I told you I quit, stop trying, that that would be the toughest part for me. No, actually, you'd do that very easily. It would be you do very that easy. about five minutes into the first workout and say, okay, Bunnies, already quit on I'm the question. Touché. Touché. I, would, I would think that the running... Like to to get in physical shape enough to be able to run a mile. Like think about how hard it would be for just an average Joe, out of shape guy, to run even a sub six minute mile. But so so to get, I'm giving you a year. You don't have to work. Does you it can, have to be under five? A sub five minute let's mile? Say, oh, whatever. Sub six. I don't care. Okay. Something really way faster than you could do now. Obviously. Um, well, if you gave me a year to. To get to something like four and a half is absurd. That's like Olympic level, right? Like a four minute mile, four and a half. Yeah, four minute mile is like the the the, the gold standard. Yeah, right. It's like Roger Bannister, right? If I'm thinking back correctly to FIAD class, you did have a couple overachiever FIAD students, like the cross country kids who would run those five and a half minute miles, six minute miles in yeah. high school. Yeah. So if you trained for a full year and devoted your entire life to doing it, you would just running a five and a half minute mile would be more normal for you, and then the juggling would be the hardest thing. So. I would say the running, but once you established that sort of physical shape, then the juggling would for sure be the hardest thing. It's kind of a cop out answer, but running number one, and then but like a close second is the juggling. If I got my fat ass in shape, I could run. Um, but the problem is, I I'm not, not coordinated enough to juggle, and I don't know that time would solve that. Like I could get better, but if you're asking, because I could get probably in decent enough shape to run, but. Could I, in, in a year's time, develop the skill, the coordination? I mean, I'm not coordinated. So the juggling would be out. When you say you're not coordinated, like, are there well, other just, examples of your I'm lack just of saying, coordination? I'm not a good athlete. And so my, my coordination, I'm coordinated enough to probably learn how to juggle, not even great, but sort of halfway decent just standing still. Like, can you throw a football? Yeah, I can throw one, but I mean, not very far. It's not like... My arm's that strong. But just as far as the coordination, the coordination that would be required, it would take a lot, but I could get to the point where I could run. But now you're asking, could I run that fast and become coordinated enough to juggle balls? Three balls, and the answer would be probably not. I would fail. So part one I could do, it would be tough. I wouldn't enjoy it, and I I would hate you for it. But part two I would just (laughs) fail at. Part two, I would just, and I'd probably fall down and get hurt and be hospitalized and just be done. This seems like a lot of like negative self-talk here, Judd. I think we need to reframe the way you think about it. No, no, no. Like, know your limitations. It's the key to life. negative self-talk here. It's the key to life. No, you li- no, I told you. I could get to the running point. I could get in shape, but then I'm not going to be able to run and juggle. No, no. <laughs> Knowing your limitations is one of the most important. The problem with people is they think to themselves, if I'm just positive about things, it's going to be great. That's not true. That's not true. Most important thing is to now look. Now we're seeing why you, look how at, you actually feel the, about PJ Fleck is coming out right look now. At, look in the mirror and know that there are limitations in life and accept it and go from there. You You'll be, be a much happier person. You don't believe that if you set a goal in your mind that's that's realistic and you think positively about that goal and work toward that goal, you believe that's hogwash. I believe that if it's a realistic goal, yes. But I think if, if to Dave's point, I think if I look in the mirror today and say, I'm going to get in, in better shape, which is possible. 
and I'm going to be able a year from now Dave's to like run a- to run as fast to run as fast as possible and juggle. I am deluding myself beyond belief, and that's part of the problem with t- today's world. We have people that delude themselves and believe it. No, I, what better shape are you talking here? Because I know about your diet. In halfway decent shape, I could get in halfway decent shape. Yeah, I could. Oh, yeah, no, I could. I could. That is a lot of calories in those craft beers. Oh, they're good though. I know. I they're so good. I don't stop. I'm saying I know, but I'm what I'm telling. <laughs> what I'm telling you is the most important thing every morning is to get up and look in that mirror and say, Do "We need life advice from John." What right can now. I? Like, like, what you, can you, I? Really, like, what can I? What is realistically your to give life advice? What to can I realistically accomplish? And I could say I'll cut down on the craft beers. I could say that. You could. I'll cut down on the bread. I'll Why cut down you? on the rice. I don't want to, but I could. Yeah. I still say like there has to have been a point in your life the way that you look at, the, the way that you look at things and your and your negative countenance something <laughs> I love that word something it's a great word something happened in your life like you failed epically in public at something like I there oh, there no. has to be like a trigger point in your life where you got laughed at by 200 people and no. now you just go into this shell of not wanting to put yourself out No there. I think it's a combination of of being extremely realistic with myself and also with watching sports in this town i've seen people get <laughs> laughed at by thousands i've seen gary anderson and blair walsh and going back before then stanley cup defeats i've seen those i've seen thousands of people sit in their seats astounded at the ineptitude that they just saw and i said to myself self this is real life so you've taken on the personality of our Local teams. It is true. You know how long I've been following them? I mean, my first teams were the 78 Twins, which was just a complete bleep show. Let's see. What else? 78 Twins. Vikings were coming off Super Bowl losses. So I've seen nothing but uh, defeats in conference title games. North Stars, two Stanley Cups, both failed. Now, the Twins have won two World Series. But, yeah, I've seen I've seen enough, to Phil's point, I've seen enough. I've been in stadiums where people are astounded by the amount of ineptitude they just saw. One of my favorite Judd stories is from the Favre NFC Championship game against the Saints, where it looks like it's going to happen. And he said it was Chip sitting right next to you, right? Going, going Chip to, saying, we're going to Super Bowl, man. You're going to Super Bowl. And even at that moment where it was 99% a surety that the Vikings were going to get that field goal up and through the uprights and they weren't going to have 12 in the huddle and they weren't going to throw the interception, what did you tell your friend, Chip? Just wait. <laughs> well, Doogie told me in November 2009 at my birthday, Doogie said they're going to the Super Bowl. This is unbelievable. And I said, and that's when I said the the line, Brett Favre will break your heart. And that's why in the Superdome that day, I ran up three flights of steps in the press box, grabbed Doogie by the shoulders, and I said, I told you. He was, I am, he was like going through the press box. I am. Giddy, I called it. Giddy I that am, something horrible I happened. am the only person that the game slows down for, and when it slows down, I see carnage. Like most people see the game slow down, and they say, you know, and then I pass the puck to this guy because I could see it. I see carnage when I see the game slow down. So Dave brought up something a couple minutes ago that I think is spot-on accurate. Do you know anyone in your life, Dave, that accurately reflects the nature of and history and personality of Minnesota sports teams in general than Judd Zolgad? Like when you just think about like the self-defeating, self-loathing, in some ways self-destructive nature <laughs> of Minnesota sports teams... You know, coming up short, but never being like a total train wreck, getting, you know, 
being able to put one foot in front of the other the next day, but never really reaching glory. I can't. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> no, and I know a lot. Not flashy, but functional and hardworking. <laughs> Liner. Liner. I'm sorry. I laughed during that. Say it again, Phil. Not flashy, but functional and hardworking. There we go. There's That's clean. All right, we'll use that. Mackie and Joe. Uh, yeah, I... I can't, th- I mean, I know people that are, you know, have a negative mindset. Some might say I'm one of them. I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. You're not that dark, though. I, no, I'm still You're able to, dark. I'm still able to see hope and light. Game slows down for me. And I see Favre throwing the ball to Sydney Rice right over the middle. I see 12 people. <laughs> hey. That's what Judd, Judd's in the, the press box. By the time sense, I see twelve people. By the time Blair the by the time Blair Walsh went to attempt a field goal against Seattle in that playoff game, you even told the people at your party this ain't gonna end. You're well. right. You're right. But that also was like I had I didn't feel that way in 09. No, I know I didn't but see you it get coming there. in 09. I didn't see it coming in ninety eight, didn't see it coming in 09. And thirteen it was it was one of those unsolved mysteries episodes mm-hmm. where like a ghost appears in the hallway and mm-hmm. says, Your baby is choking. Was like, oh my god, he's gonna miss this kick! Mm-hmm. Holy cow! Like a, a Viking's ghost just in, came in. In '98, I didn't see it. I'm still not there. When Walsh lined up, I was thinking he could miss it, but come on, it's 27 <laughs> yards. Oh, he did. Yep. Yeah, he did. <laughs> the difference is, Judd sees those things, and instead of just like getting back off the mat mentally and oh whatever, like next, there's, he's never gonna miss that kick again ever. Like that's where I go to. Eeyore, baby. The more Pollyanna. Eeyore. Might you find day if it is, which I doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie and Judd are back. One of the most absurd things you can do in sports media. On 1500 ESPN. Now on the 1500 ESPN stream player, a $15 Caribou gift card. Thanks to Luther Brookdale Toyota Shop, where Mackie shops. Head to 1500ESPN.com. Click on the stream player how you can find out to win all the great prizes, including that $15 gift card to Caribou Coffee. Oh, man. Jeff tweets into the show, I knew it. Judd's life philosophy comes from Dirty Harry Callahan's line in Magnum Force. Man's got to know his limitations. That's very true. That's actually very, very true. Vince tweets in, Judd Zolgad, life coach. (laughs) <laughs> could help out. Keeping it realistic. Uh, it's hilarious. That's what I like to do. All right. Uh, we got like four minutes left here, and I know that tonight is... Uh, I'm excited for tonight, but you have to be ten times more excited because a Game 7 this deep into the NHL. Once we get like... All right, we're halfway through the NHL playoffs, and chips are on the table here, and we're talking uh, trips to Stanley Cup Finals on the horizon. Yep. This should be good tonight. What are you expecting tonight? Uh, you know what? It's interesting. Louis brought up a really intriguing point, and that's the fact that so game five was played in Nashville, and that's the one where where Blake Wheeler made a comment when the series was in Winnipeg for a couple games about how basically our noise was real, and he said our noise is real. We don't have. He insinuated that, that they pipe in noise and bands and stuff, and so the Predators fans in game five were off the charts going crazy. And instead of the Predators themselves like taking that and going with it, it was like they got, disturbed not the right word, but it became too much. And so the Jets just throw, killed them. Then they go back to Winnipeg for Game 6, and the Jets fans are going crazy. And the Predators are completely calm, and the Jets are out, out of their minds. 
So all of this being said, I do wonder if the advantage now decidedly goes to the road team because the pressure is sort of off them. I know the league would hate it, but I think it'd be fun if, if the Jets won. And and a Vegas-Nashville series network-wise is preferable. I get all that. But this is a fun Jets team. They're really good. They've got a handful of local guys. They've got some good players. I think for Winnipeg to play Vegas would be a ton of fun. So I am rooting for the Jets tonight. See, like Winnipeg is... Uh... Like I mean, it's intriguing in that it's this sort of smallish city. It's, it's like a, the it's sixth, a Green Bay sort of type of deal. Yeah, it's like the sixth city in uh, Canada in terms of size, and the fact that they're flooding their streets after each big win. And we were talking to one of our coworkers who has a cousin who lives in Winnipeg, and it's just life or death for Those them. Parties that that they have outside where like forty thousand people are watching in a mall area. Yeah, yes. I mean Winnipeg needs this much more than. A lot of these others, like, much more than Vegas needs it or Nashville needs it. But I'm rooting for Nashville just from a, from a big picture perspective. I think it's cool when like Nashville has a lot of celebrities and stars that come out for big games like this. And Vegas obviously is going to have some celebrities and stars. And I just think it's such a unique dynamic to have a city like Nashville and relatively new to NHL success and a city like Vegas go head-to-head for, uh, hopefully, in my mind, a trip instead of Tampa, which would be a buzzkill, even though they're the better team. Play the Capitals. To play the Capitals. Yeah, as, as I said to you on Wednesday's show, if you get if you get the Lightning and the Jets, the league's going to be so disappointed. That's the if biggest buzzkill matchup. If you yeah. get the Capitals and the Golden Knights, I think they would be absolutely ecstatic. The Capitals and Preds would be fun, but the Golden Knights story is so good that if you got Ovi and the Caps uh, going after their first Stanley Cup against the Golden, I think the league w- would be. I think the league would be ecstatic, and I'm not saying that it would kill on TV because it's hockey, but I think it would do pretty well. Yeah, uh, it's a the, good story. The hockey whisperer wants to go on a limb here with a minute to go. All right. Yeah, let's hear it. He's the hockey whisperer. The hockey whisperer. I think Judd knows hockey, but he's no whisperer. When it comes to Game 7, you look to the whisperer. Scintillating predictions. P.K. Subban put himself out there after, was it Game 5? Said, we're going to win a game, and then we're going to win a game, and you need to all stop sweating this thing. Yep. We're going to win Game 7. Yep. P.K. Subban... On the power play, mm-hmm. slap shots or something. Oh, wow. something from. Oh, you're seeing it that clearly. Yeah, something right. from uh, a little ways out. Okay, PK Subban will help put this game away with his stick in overtime tonight. An overtime game seven win. Now, whisper. I don't mean to let you down, but keep in mind that. PK said the same thing last year during the Penguin series, and Shh, he was wrong. He was he PK was wrong about that. Don't care. <laughs> PK can beat your PK any day. <laughs> okay, Whisper. Well, we'll take that into consideration. And Listen, the last time the Whisperer made Colorado a postseason right? prediction was five four years ago. Nino Niederreiter Has he not overtime since then? game seven. Has Whisperer not surfaced since then? Nino hasn't surfaced since then. Oh, that's just so, several. Wild players have had both, that problem. Both uh, celebrated a little too much after that. All right, we're back tomorrow. Bye. Game Show Friday. A scoop. Write that down.